and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we are back with a raunchy good time. Give me an answer. I, this is an audio medium, I, sir. Yes. <laughs> My raised eyebrows should be. Um, it's a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> yes, it is. As it opposed is a, to a play or an epic poem. We watched Animal House this week. And this week we're on vacation. But we watched Animal House last week and are bringing this episode to you fresh from the Reno sun. And, uh, yeah, 1978, bitch of a time to be anybody but a white dude. And yet this movie is about the poor white dude. So there's that. Well, and they're not actually, well, poor figuratively. Yes, I meant like, oh, poor, These are, not like... It's based on the experiences of the producers going to Dartmouth, and writers, rather. Yes. Uh, and so it, it's really hard for me to find any sympathy for a person who goes to an Ivy League college and, and is upset because they've drunken and, and raped their way. <laughs> there was not rape in this movie. Mm. As there is in, like, Revenge of the Nerds, there's some rape in that movie. Uh, I was nervous at one moment, but it didn't... Well, I guess it depends on what you think happened on that football field and what you what your definition of statutory rape is. If it's a very strict legal definition, then there was rape in this movie. There. If oh, it was not, no. then you're not quite sure about it. I think it's a film that's best suited for being viewed at the time, sort of like what we talked about. Yeah, this, it and, didn't mm. age well. And it, I mean, it's got like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critically, this movie was well loved. Roger Ebert said it was one of the best movies of the year. Mm-hmm. 1978, do better. Do better. I had never seen the movie, but I was familiar with parts of it. Uh, here's what I knew going in. Mm-hmm. John Belushi, not Jim Belushi. No, 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 no. John Belushi. Uh, Kevin Bacon, double secret probation, fraternity. That's it. That's what I knew. What did you know going in? I knew. Oh, and I knew that it was uh, John Landis directed it. I didn't uh-huh. realize that Harold Ramis had written it, but it didn't surprise me when I read that. And I knew that it was based on. Or it was the start of these National Lampoon movies. Yes, and it also was the start of a, a genre. Is that okay? Yes. Genre. Genre. We're going to speak like we are in America. <laughs> it was the beginning of a genre, and I'd never seen it. I'd seen some of the films that came out from that um, inadvertently. When I was uh, in high school, I guess Porky's was around. Yeah. Which is a film that was inspired by this. Oh, was it? Okay. It a lot of the same sort I of I thought tropes. Porky's was pre this. I... No, no, no. Porky's is a period piece. Okay. So this right. is also a period piece. Yeah. Right, this is a period piece. And I find the, the, the setting interesting because the idea is that it's meant to be the last innocent time in America. The end parade in the film takes place, I believe, the day that Kennedy is assassinated. Oh, is that supposed to be? Okay, interesting. I did not right. know that. But the, the problem, what you're seeing, I think, a lot of the movie, and the reason why it's so difficult to try to get a handle on what's going on, is that John Landis apparently ran in a different direction from... The producers, Ivan Reitman and the rest of them. Okay. Who are writing about their college experiences and right. Landis was a high school dropout. 
So they were telling their college stories, and I believe it probably turned out very different from what they were planning to do as a film. Yeah, probably. This feels like a movie that was built in the writer's room slash mm-hmm. on set. I think it was built a lot, a lot on set. And John Landis, as we talked about before, is a kind of a problematic director. And so there's a lot of that where I don't, I couldn't tell what the tone of this movie is. Yeah, People, and there are some mm. characters, like specifically John Belushi's character yeah, yeah. is extraordinarily confusing to me because at once, at, at, at points he seems both wise and feeble-minded to the point of possibly needing uh, 24-7 assistance. Mm-hmm. Now, the joke, of course, huh, spoilers, even though this whole thing is a spoiler, is at the end they say, you know, this is where they end up going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the big joke for him is that he ends up as a senator. And then they did a where are they now thing, I think, on the 30-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And then he was to be president. So, Mr. Blutarski. Ha, ha, ha. But... That character is so strange. I'm I'm coming off of a word or of, of a movie full of every epithet you could use right. to describe anybody at all. So I'm just like, so wait, you, what are words that we use that are not? We should probably, and this is the exact opposite of the film that we just watched. Yeah, where hobo was thrown yeah. around like the worst thing you could say about somebody. But to start the film, we're really introduced to the, the this. Uh, uh, school, right? Faber College in 1962. Yes. And, and I didn't realize, I didn't pick up on the 1962 thing. I was just like, why are they listening to old-timey music and, and have big hairs? You know why, you, you know, because you're a young person. And I think what happens is that you already have an extra distance from it. Well, there's that. If but I, I also when, just didn't see on the, did, if I had on the seen screen this movie in it said... Yeah. <laughs> if I had seen this movie in 1978... Yeah. I could tell the difference because... Right. And I knew right. it felt like like Happy Days, right? right? Made in the 70s, took place in the 50s. My first inkling that they were out of time, other mm-hmm. than the, the blonde women's hairdos, mm. which were ridiculous and felt very 60s to me, was mm. when they were built there, at some point they're building a flow and they're listening to music that I would put between, like, 58 and 63. Right. And I was like, why are they listening to that in 1978? And that's when I asked you, mm-hmm. is this a period piece? And you said yes. It's like 1962. So it's 1962, it's favorite college, and there's two freshmen. And it almost doesn't matter whether they have names or not. It doesn't. Um, They're the only ones that I could consistently recognize through the whole movie, though. It was Tom Holtz and um, who was the other actor? I don't know. Uh, it's Larry Kroger and Kent Dorfman, right. but we end up calling them Pinto and Flounder. <laughs> I mean, we don't. Yes. They try and get into the big shishi house that's definitely not going to have them. They put they get put in the corner with all of the nerds and people of color. Right, and minorities. It was heinous. It's just like, oh. And then they're like, well, the one of them says, well, I'm a legacy at this other house, so let's go check that one mm-hmm. out. And that, of course, is Delta House. That's Animal House. Now, here is the thing. There are two characters from that original Omega Theta Pi, the quote-unquote prestigious house that we see throughout the film. And there are five plus our two main characters mm-hmm. uh, from Delta House. 
And other than our two main characters, and I would say the trifecta of the John Belushi character, and then... Tim Matheson and Peter Rager. Yeah. Right. So D-Day and... What's no, D-Day was the biker. Yeah, D-Day is the biker. Uh, Tim Matheson was Otter and Peter Rieger Oh, no, no, no. I, they're put... No, no, no. I, they're, they're not the ones that I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about John Belushi's character, the biker, and the uh, dude that's always with the biker. Those three, I'm like, oh, those are definitely Delta House. But Otter, so mm-hmm. Eric Stratton, Hoover, who just goes by Hoove, mm-hmm. so he got the short end or the long end of the... Uh, the naming stick. I don't know. Yeah. Is it better to not really have a nickname? I, it's it's hard to tell. And Boone. Those three dudes and the two guys from the Shishi fraternity, I they all look the same to me. Well, it's there's we're, we're used to probably now a more diverse representation. Maybe. And so what you're getting is a group of young white guys who kind of all have the same haircuts. They all the have the same clothes. haircuts. They all have the, the same, same amount features. of money. Like, right. there's nothing that distinguishes... Right. Like, it's not even like in Revenge of the Nerds where they all, every one of them, mm-hmm. looks other. Right. The head guys at Delta look indistinguishable from the regular guys at Omega. Right. Like, there's... Well, and so I'm like, wait, which one is this? Constantly through this whole movie, I we watch everything with closed captions. I don't know if it's a crutch or just a comfort, but I needed them to tell me who was saying what so that I knew who the fuck I was looking at, because I'm just like, these now, dudes all look the same. I had a little bit more, an easier time, because yeah. I grew up watching a lot of these people, mm-hmm. and to this day, one of the, it's sort of disturbing, Tim Matheson is always Johnny Quest. Yes. Me. And I don't yeah. know, for those of you in the audience who don't know what who that is. And Well, I guess also when this right. movie was made... Tim Matheson had had work before. John Belushi was coming off of the third season of Saturday Night Live, but he'd never been in a movie. Everyone else is basically a newcomer. So I feel like I'm coming to this movie on the same leg as everybody else coming into this movie in 1978. But apparently, they could tell the difference between white dudes easier than I can. Well, it was a different kind of place, I think. I'm sure. So I had a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. through this whole movie just going... Wait, are these the good guys or the bad guys? I can't remember if these are the good guys or the bad they guys. They all were... They, they, there were no moral... Um, good? There were no <laughs> virtuous people necessarily yeah. in this group. Because what we're seeing... And, and the film takes place in this real kind of fantasy world where yeah. the kind of things that happen in Animal House could go on for a long time. For instance, this is 1962. Yeah. This is... I, I don't believe that they would have women at their frat house drinking beer with them and having orgies. I, I think that they would, but not out. Right. Not, not, that wouldn't be something that would be known to people outside of the fraternity. Right, but there was still a kind of a standard. Uh, if you were talking about later in the 60s, I could see it. Um, but at this point, I don't see the kind of things going you on. You don't there. see a lot of actual right. sex stuff, though. And I will say that. like It's constantly in the background. Though. It's constantly in the background, but pretty low-key. Oh, but when the movie started, I said, I guessed how many boobs we'd see. I said, there are going to be six now, boobs. Did you count? No, were you counting boobs as a unit? Boobs? Right? No, no, no. One boob, two boobs. It's boobs. So yeah, if you okay. saw the entire frontal area of a na- nude woman, that's two boobs. Okay. 
or that's what I meant when mm. I said six boobs. I didn't, and I'm not going to fudge it because what I I was off by six boobs. We saw twelve boobs, <laughs> six pairs of boobs. She makes it like a, a Sesame Street uh, learn to count game. Yes. So for older I was wrong. We saw those first six pretty quickly, like in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. In the obligatory. Now, I don't know if it was obligatory that this might be the first one. Uh, slumber part, or like we go in, look well, no, and, and through the sorority. We, ha- we have to window. be careful with that because we want to take exactly what happened. There's a sorority, and Bluto, who's John yes. Belushi, takes a ladder, and we're supposed to sort of follow along with him as he goes spying on these women undressing. Yep. He and, leans the ladder against the house and uh-huh. climbs the ladder and then looks directly into the window, and nobody saw him. Because mm-hmm. he's a ghost. Ghost? He is now. Uh-huh. Oh, sad. <laughs> he didn't die for five years after this. So. No. But he then kind of moves the ladder, thumping along the outside of the house. So loud. With a noise that anybody could have heard. And he finds one of the young women undressing and beginning to masturbate. Well, standing in the middle of her room, peering of out room, of the window, if, you know, as no woman who's ever masturbated has done. And at this point, it's framed this way so that we can see John Belushi turn towards us and kind of raise an eyebrow. He like one hundred percent breaks that fourth wall. And, and yes. several characters break the fourth wall in this movie, but he does it right there. Forget and then it. his excitement nudges him over. And the ladder falls over. The ladder on top falls of over, and he falls. And there's a lot of that kind of slapstick in this movie. Yeah, but, but for I was going to say, mm-hmm. the first three pairs of boobs were in that pillow right. fight. The fourth pair of boobs that knocked me right out of my running was the woman who was masturbating. Right. Well, there's a a scene in um pre-masturbating. There is a a scene in the blowout. I don't Brian know the this movie. that appears to do a parody of this scene. Of this, maybe. With a killer pre-creeping up, and every single window in the sorority house is filled with women and guys in lesbian sex, women coming out of the shower, women masturbating, all sorts of things, almost as if it's some sort of Like weird, a house of sex horrors. Lurid uh, teenage boys fantasy about what goes on in a sorority house. And this film is very much a teenage boys fantasy, but to go yes. back to the plot, we're introduced to, to Matheson's character in that first scene, where the two... Who's uh, that? Which one Matheson is that? is Otter. Okay. And Peter He's Riga probably my favorite character. Well, Otter is constantly out seducing young, middle-aged, and every kind of woman that he can get his hands on. Well, he's not out seducing women. He's out seducing the men who the women are already with. You can't out seduce a no, woman. He's out seducing. Oh, I see what you're right? saying. I thought I thought you were making it no. a a, um, a competition of some sort. No, but yes, Peter he Riga. is uh, sleeping with every wife. The dean's and wife, he's sleeping with... He d- and, but, but he's dating Karen Allen. No, 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 that's no. Peter Rieger. That's uh, Boone. Boone is dating. Oh, okay. See? They're all the same. All these white dudes look the same Tim Matheson is trying very... Uh, he, at one point, goes to the trouble of uh, faking being the boyfriend of a dead young woman to go to a, a, a women's college. I that guess. wasn't Otter? No. That, that was Otter. Boone is the Oh, one Jesus. I can't. <laughs> Okay. This is terrible and the worst. I'm so sorry. Okay. But anyhow, so anyway, um, so those two characters. One of them is is his hobby is seducing young women. Yes. The other is trying to choose between 
the life of drinking and partying and the world's most tolerant and lovely girlfriend who's Karen Allen. She's so beautiful. She's adorable and she's sweet. She's so much better than any of these dudes. She's so much better than he deserves. She thinks it's funny, and but I think she's coming to the end yeah. of like, oh no, if we graduate, you need to grow the fuck up. Right. Uh, and I do say if we graduate, because none of these... I don't, there's not a classroom. There's one classroom scene, I think, in this whole movie. Which oh. is fine. I understand college movies are not necessarily about college. But, like, also, that's going to be an issue if yeah. nobody ever goes to class. So, we should say, Pinto and Flounder are uh, heroes? There's the two boys who get introduced yes. in the film. They get into Delta, they both get into of Delta. them. Well, of course, it's hard not to get into Delta because it seems to have really low standards. Although, Flounder almost doesn't get into Delta, but then he's the legacy. Right. Oh, it's because he's fat. Hey, if you're fat, fuck you, this movie says. There's a lot of fat shaming in this movie, and oh, I felt personally attacked. Homophobic humor, there's a lot of... The, the homophobic... I will say that the Boone and Otter are introduced off-screen by, by basically Karen Allen saying that they're... A homosexual, a homosexual couple. couple. Well, homosexual. Now, she is dating one of them. Right. But then we go up to the room where they are, uh-huh. naked in front of each other, just... Totally fine. And I'm like, actually, I kind of love this because there is no homoeroticism uh-huh. there. It's almost like in the Magic Mike movies, I think we've ta- I've talked about it before, right. how they just, you know, sleep all in the same bed if they if that's the bed that they have and they don't make jokes about, uh-huh. ooh, no homo or none of this shit. It's just like, we're dudes, we're friends, we love each other, it's fucking fine. Right. Yeah, everybody's got a dick. Well, there is one scene, though, where... Because um, Boone is ass out, I think, at one point. The, the scene, the and I'm just like... ROTC officer, though, Oh, Niedermeyer? The one who's constantly spouting, like, homophobic... Oh, yeah. And there's well, one scene where shocking. he just cuts loose, and it goes on and on, yeah. and I'm just... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's an ROTC office, or there's a... I'm not sure exactly what to call it. I've never been big in the military. Yeah, that's fine. Beach. <laughs> but um, and that's also the constant butt of jokes because uh, the Delta House characters are very anti-disciplinarian and very anti-authoritarian. Yes. So they do all sorts of things to sort of humiliate the RTC kids. Right. And I will say that the o- sort of overarching mm. plot of this movie is the dean of the school hates Delta House and wants to close it down. Now, really, you're the dean, dude. You could close them down anytime you want, but sure. Put them on, quote, double secret probation and then look for any reason, quote, to kick them out at any point. He could have shut this damn thing down. Anyways, so, so that's the, and then he enlists mm-hmm. Omega House, the head of Omega. Which is a character named Greg Marmalard. 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 It's almost as if they're just. Marmalard. Throwing. Do, do, just, do, do, do. <laughs> Reaching for every kind of humor they can. Let's have goofy names. Let's have slapstick. Let's have this weird kind of. Yeah. I mean, what I used to, what I grew up with was Benny Hill kind of humor. People in sped up motion t- chasing topless women across the line. That's what this felt like. It, it, it was. Really, and there were weird cuts and stuff where it, it almost did feel like that. It, yeah, it was really. And this is something I noticed also with the other film that uh, that we watched of uh, John Landis's. He seems to edit his movies with like a butcher knife. I don't I know that he's editing. Them. No, no, That's but I mean, thing. ultimately, you're responsible for the final cut if you're a director. 
Well, unless depends. you're not that Unless you got kicked the fuck out. That's a thing that happens. Right. But this, <laughs> I don't know if that was the case because this one sort of... But yeah, no, it does feel very choppy. Disjointed. Yeah. Where I, you're like, that, why is, why did we go from right. this image to this image with nothing in between? Like, It's almost as if I'm watching one of the uh, French New Wave again where suddenly it's like, oh, we're... We're in another scene now, and yeah. another scene didn't end yet. I, didn't, I had no are idea we going to go back to that other one, or are we done with that I one? I think I'm over-intellectualizing it, just compare this Maybe. film to, to, you know, John Luc Godard, but it's yeah. not that way. We're suddenly like, oh, we're in a new scene? What happened to the old scene? What was going on with those characters? And it, this is just a, kind of a bunch of vignettes. Right, right? and it's like, very much, because he was, uh, Don Linus was higher on the strength of his film Kentucky Fried Movie. Yes. Which, which was all vignettes. Yeah. And they only lasted about five or ten minutes. Some of them went on too long, even at that. But so this film is vignettes with all these different characters. Right. Some of which work, some of which don't work. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, to, I mean, it's almost pointless to go over the plot because it's it's that simple. Yeah, it, it is really like, okay, so Flounder's in the ROTC. Flounder is our fat of the two guys that come in, mm-hmm. the bigger of the two. So he's in the ROTC. And Niedermeyer, who is an Omega, is his commander, treats him like crap, makes him do push-ups into horse poop, and then makes him muck out his horse's stall, at which point two of the Deltas come and say, you want to get back at him, don't you? They steal the horse, put the horse in the dean's office, make him shoot the horse, but he won't shoot the horse. He shoots up into the guy although it was blanks anyways it was i think they just want to scare the horse and and make it like buck and destroy the office the horse has a heart attack and dies the horse does not make it through the movie by the way the horse is a beautiful creature it was a white it was a beautiful white horse and when you see uh later on someone coming to dispose of the horse there's just legs it's just four legs sticking up and really the man finally winds up Entering the scene, thank God we don't have to see more of that with a chainsaw. With a chain, yeah, that was rough. And, and again, it's like a lot of this is throwaway humor. I couldn't find what the tone was of the movie, what we're supposed to take away from yeah. it, and is it. Is it and who am, am I supposed to be rooting for any of these guys? Right. I'm rooting for Karen Allen to GTFO. Now, Karen Allen, and this is something I brought up that, that might interest some viewers and listeners. <sighs> Karen Allen in this film is infatuated with her professor. Yes, Donald Sutherland, no, Donald Sutherland, wearing a beautiful corduroy suit, three-piece suit, that there was definitely a corduroy vest involved in that it, suit. It might be the same uh, outfit, as you pointed out, that he wore in Don't Look Now you a few years exactly earlier. Like it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, imagine that character, well, I won't spoil that film for you, no. but imagine that character as a college professor, and this, and he's very much a sad sack. Because he is. He's a college professor. Mm-hmm. At one point, Pinto, Larry, uh-huh. and that's Otter and Karen Allen's character, whose name I don't, I don't even think I'm, Katie, all go over to visit the professor, and she's like, don't embarrass me, he's my favorite professor, this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. and then they're all there talking, and then, of course, Donald Sutherland offers them the ganja. <laughs> I like that scene because he's able to play up Donald Sutherland. He's able to send up his own images kind of... Oh, yeah, like, I legitimately said, that's 100% actual weed, and he 100% brought it with him to set. (laughs) His his persona has always been slightly on the edge of being very weird and maybe even sinister, and then being very charming, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, The only other actor who comes to mind who does that well in a non-threatening way, 
And Sutherland could be threatening. In the right. Hunger Games movies, he was pretty threatening. Yes. He is a... Uh... Gene Wilder was another one who could oh, play yeah. a really fine line between creepy You're and You're like, very he's the best. Why are you saying that? Right. So he's really good. They should have had more scenes with him in this movie. Yeah, he was only in basically two scenes. He's in that scene uh-huh. where he, he gets them all high. And, and he does it in such a very weird way. He just sort of creeps around the house. Pulling down the shades. Yes, and locking the door. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, are they going to be in pieces at the end of this? This really well, it's three feels scenes like... because he does have one scene in the end where you, where Peter Riegert's character, a uh, Boone, right? Boone. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it if it kills me. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he discovers that his... you said Tim Tim Math. Oh, I'm so confused. Yeah, Otter is Tim Matheson. Boone is Peter Riegert. Okay. Uh, where Peter Boone finds out that uh, Katie is sleeping with the professor. Because he goes over her house, and she wanders into a scene naked from behind. And Donald Sutherland, bless his heart, decides to wander into the scene naked from behind, too. She wasn't naked from behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And also, she, I thought her. that was Otter, because I thought it was her boyfriend that found him. Yeah, her boyfriend is Boone, not Otter. Oh, I don't think that's right. Okay. I'm you... so confused. All right. I need pictures. Okay, there we go. That's what I mean. Because you saying Tim Matheson means precisely dick to me. Boone and Otter. Johnny Quest is a cartoon. Yes, but he sounds exactly the same. No, it doesn't. That's not. It's true. Nope. Uh Okay, I keep. I have pictures of both of them. All right. Do you know which one's which? No, they're together. They're always together. Who's on the right and who's on the left? I don't know. God damn it. Okay. No, I was ass backwards about the whole... Okay, so wait. Who is the shorter one? They look identical to me. This is crazy. All right. And no, I need you to tell me, because nothing is showing me... That's Otter, that's Boone. Oh, yeah, I got their names backwards. Okay, the whole time. The whole time I thought that the other one was the other one. Yeah, it helps, because he's wearing a Letterman sweater there or something. It's like, yes, Yes, the one in the Letterman sweater, that's Boone? That's Boone. And the other I one, thought Otter. that was Otter the whole time. Okay, so... Fuck, okay. Um, what <laughs> viewers or what listeners might find interesting is... I was, Curious about this. Karen Allen in this film plays a young woman who falls in love with a college professor. Yes. Donald Sutherland appears in basically three scenes. Uh-huh. I thought it was the one that they got high in, uh-huh. the one where he shows his ass. Well, the first scene where he's in the room teaching and. Oh, that's right. He, he is. That's right. Like, that's right. Um, uh, that's right. Yeah, he is. In a in a pre Ben Stein great mm-hmm. teacher moment, so Ben Stein's thing in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off right. is iconic, right? Bueller, Bueller. So he wants he's like trying to get them to answer a question. Nobody's answering a question, and then he's like, "Some of you haven't even turned in your." And then the bell rings or whatever, and they all leave. Some of you guys haven't turned in your papers, and he goes, "I'm serious. This is my job." <laughs> like. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, he hates all of these people. (laughs) And also, that's the realest college professor shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, I actually really like that line. I forgot that that was him. And then he comes back, gets them all uh, stoned. And then he comes back, ass out in Karen Allen's apartment. Right. Because he went to visit her at her house. I assume he didn't go over to the college professor. Yeah, so Karen Allen plays this character in this film. A few years later, 
she plays Marion Ravenwood, a woman traumatized by having an affair with her college professor. Is she traumatized? Who I haven't Indiana seen Jones, those movies recently. Right? Yes. In Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. She's not the one who like closes her eyes and says, "What does it say? Isn't it? Is it in Raiders or uh, Temple of Doom where one of the students in the classroom?" No, no, no. She's not the student. She's no. not. But she had been a student when right. they were she originally had been a student, together, right? A student, and one of the, the the first scene with Harrison Ford is she confronts him with how wrong it was for him to sleep with one of the students, and he's trying to get from her, uh, and she's squirreled away in Nepal somewhere. Drinking her life away because you know he I was. I don't know if there's that much liquor in, the co- in Nepal. There's a lot of which is monks. funny that there would be that much liquor. Although monks make Buddhists. booze, well, not but these monks. Buddhist monks don't. <laughs> right. Hmm. Weird. But yeah, so I was wondering, was that just was she typecast now as the young woman who had relations with her? Yeah, professor? maybe that's interesting. That, that that was that followed on the heels of the other film, but okay. she's really great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's better she than is. the movie deserves, and she's I I like her character a lot because I think mm-hmm. her character and yeah. So Boone catches her sleeping with her professor, but then they end up making up at the end and Keith for him. absolutely no reason. There's well, no maybe, reason they should make up. Well, maybe uh-huh. he's gonna get his shit together. Now, granted. They make up right after they've just destroyed a town right. for shits and giggles and basically for revenge, but she kisses him, so it must be okay. So yeah, so the film, it just sort of meanders and there's vignettes about them going after the um, the ROTC officers, the, the, the murder of the horse. There's the kind of uncomfortable, well, not kind of uncomfortable scene, there's a scene where they're shoplifting for a big party, for yes. a toga party. Yeah, they're going to have a toga party. I think you might have seen John Belushi yelling toga, toga, toga right. at some point in your life, or that comes from this. So they're shoplifting a great deal of food. He gets uh, past a young woman. and um, She's the checkout girl, and she thinks that uh, that's no, this is No, this is No, that's Larry Pinto. Pinto that's right. That's one so, of our... The uh, one of the nominal heroes of this movie, Pinto, has is um, unfamiliar with the mysteries of the female gender. Apparently, yes. Uh, but he asks her out, and she says yes. Yes, and he's very. She's very sweet, but she seems to drink a lot and likes. She's like, oh, my parents would kill me if I went to a college party. Right. Well, I was gonna wait till my parents leave to go out. I'm like, this bitch is young. So, I figured sixteen. I overestimate it. <laughs> so they go upstairs. They're in the midst and throws a passion, and she faints. Yeah, well, and she doesn't faint. She just passes out from, so, you know, booze. Because as soon as she gets there, she's, like, just chugging alcohol. Right. I'm just like, God damn, girl. It's not a race. <laughs> and um, that's what leads to the non-rape scene in the film. Yes. And then, yeah, because Pinto gets... Devil angel. Devil. She wants it anyway. She's all over you. Just go ahead and take it. Angel. She's asleep. Don't do that. And then he puts her in a shopping cart and takes her home. Oh, she's the daughter of the mayor? Yes, who also seems to be a mobster. Yeah, seems like. He's he's played by Cesare DeNovo, who made a career of playing kind of unsavory characters, and so I'm not sure exactly why he was the choice to be the town mayor. It's weird. It's like the mob boss winds up being the town mayor. But he just leaves her in Mm -hmm. a shopping cart on her porch. So So he didn't rape her! But then later, they get back together, and they're kissing, and they're kissing, and then 
she says something, and I don't know what it is, but it prompts him to say, how old are you? Mm. Like, I can't remember exactly what she says to prompt him. And she's like, oh, I'm 13. And I was like, let's do that. <laughs> I don't know if they have sex after that. I don't know if they had sex There's a cut, that. and then it's away. I don't think that they had at that point. This whole film is very ambiguous on who's having sex with who. It's true. The only one that we know for sure is actually having sex is Karen Allen. Mm, because you catch yeah. some more or less in the act. There is a prolonged joke that Mr. Marmalard Marmalade. Despite the fact that he is young and good-looking and has a variety of young women in enormous wigs that make them look like water buffalo, um, despite the fact that they are pursuing him, his idea of intimate relations is go to inspiration point and have one of either of the women are vying for oh, his attention. Oh, yeah, Babs and... Right. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the other girl's Attempt name. to give him a hand job, which completely fails because he seems to be unable... Incapable of maintaining an erection. Well, he's constantly chattering on about his trouble with the dean and right. this other house of boys. While these girls are diligently trying to get him off with latex gloves and yes, it was, good old-fashioned elbow grease. <laughs> it was, now, and again, this adds another disturbing element. Because you look at the... You look You're, at the work of a director. Okay. I was about to say opuscula, and I knew that you would How about that. not? The work of a director, and you start seeing thir- certain themes forming. And between this and coming to America, I don't understand why a director needs to have more than one hand job scene in his repertoire of films. Well, you're very narrow-minded. Oh, right. There we go. But I'm just going, it's it's so juvenile. If you're, it is. It if is your really... target audience is 12 to 14. Right hand jobs as often as you can fit them in there, I guess. But the uh, the other scene... I don't know, I'm a grown-ass woman. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, the other scene that was a little, that is a little disturbing. Now, we will say that the people of Delta House seem to be very open-minded about race relations. Yeah, they had, um, at their toga party, mm-hmm. who did they have? Who was the band? Oldest Day in the Nights. Oldest Day in the Nights. That's a African American band. They're black. They're people. very good. And so later on in the film, um, Otter leads a group of you know an assault on a, a female college more or less, where he oh, that's right. He pretends that he is. Did he had he read about the death of a student? Yeah, I believe that's it. And then pretends to be the grieving boyfriend. Gross. So that he can attract the attentions of a very pretty young woman who wants to feel a great deal of sympathy for him. And then winds up finding dates for his friends who are in the car. Yes. With him. They wind up driving to a roadhouse that is... Oh, they see Otis Day and the Knights right. on the marquee. And they're so, like, we lo- he loves us. And yeah. They love us or whatever. And, and so, they go in. That's a black club. And their first comment is, we're all going to be killed. Yes. And so the running joke in here, in this whole scene, is A, Otter out in the car, actually, you know, very successful with the young woman. I'm They're sad. Putting their clothes Let's over the head. Right. I used to kiss her like this. Oh, <laughs> it was so just gross. really weird. I was just like, uh-uh. Followed by, cut away to all of his friends and their dates in the roadhouse. I'm just sitting around a booth until these giant black the men come in. The largest black men on earth, I guess. And say, can we dance with your dates? 
at which point he picks up the table and moves it, and right. then all of the girls are escorted away, and then all the men run out. Screaming. Screaming, the Negroes stole our dates, and then they drive away, leaving all those women behind. Not to mention the one woman who is only half-dressed. Like, yeah, she was... She has her dress over her head. Or I her think sweater. that was boob nine and it ten. It might have been. <laughs> um... And that scene is also very weird because I couldn't get what the point of it was. Black people are scary. I think that was point number one. Um, and the, what I also They'll either kill you right. or steal your women. So <laughs> Yeah, so this is basically a, a talking point for the... But um, they just left those girls behind. NRA. I'm just like, what? Right. What's happening? And then so they run off and we are there given... There is no Uber in 1962. One a grace in a scene where we see the girls heading back from the roadhouse and they're perfectly fine. That's true. They're they're like right. walking into their dorm. And the one girl saying, "Well, he was he seemed really nice, and I was sympathetic." And all the other girls thinking you're full of it. Yeah, right. And stupid. But I appreciate that because at the very least, you didn't let them. Then it was yeah, it was like that line in Bad, Bad Boys too. After mm-hmm. like they've clearly killed a large contingent of the public. Oh. You guys are lucky that everybody right, made it out alive. Right, this is a car chase where you're just with like, a, a car chase yeah. with a what do you call it? Isn't it like over a bridge and like? But it's a a, a car mover full of expensive uh, Italian yes, yes, sports yes. cars that go yeah. flying off and running into traffic and people are screaming. There's explosions. Yeah, and, there's <laughs> that crazy throwaway line. You're lucky everybody escaped alive or whatever. Right. And I'm and just, it's like, just like, no, they didn't. I mean, that no. was a catastrophe and. Why you needed that? That film was upsetting to me because that's the most excessive scene in a movie. Why would you need to destroy a group of Italian sports cars? It could have been anything in the. Back I know, of it. and your your movie title isn't even Fast and the Furious nine hundred and twelve. Right. So which the what next one is Cars in Outer Space, but um, eventually I think the tenth one is Outer Space. Actually, I think really? we've got one more to get there. Oh my god! I'm not joking. Well, the last <laughs> film was car chases where people are being run. You know. On ice the quality of the eighth one really took a loss right. after the se- the seventh one was better. The eighth one was I didn't enjoy. The the house gets eventually. There's all these antics. There's a, a kangaroo court to revoke Delta's charter. Yeah, and that's really where the film suddenly has a plot again. And Bluto having who's Belushi has the most lines he has in the entire movie by rallying them together. Right. Well, I'll, right. at the the court happens and they get their charter revoked and then they go on this this date mm-hmm. this pity date it was after that because okay. they were kind of they were real depressed mm-hmm. and um, Flounder had his cousin's car oh yeah the inciting incident was that Marmalade beats up or gets his friends to jump Otter in a hotel room okay because he learned that uh, Mandy his girlfriend Tired of the flaccid uh, phallus of Mr. Mandy, Babs and Mandy, thank you. Yes. Mandy actually has slept with Otter. So has the Dean's wife right. by the end of the film? Yes, I think actually Katie's probably the only woman who hasn't by the end of the film. Oh, and the underage girl, of course. We don't know Katie hasn't. And that's also... Katie slept with a lot of people. You don't know she hasn't slept with Otter. Although that might be mm. the breaking point of their right. relationship. Although if he she had sex with Otter first, right. then I don't know if we could hold it against I her. I don't. That's he definitely has an STD though, right? He should at but. this point. Um, 
But they all get ex- uh, expelled, and oh, that's right. And then they get expelled because nobody, right. the, the grades were terrible. And of course, again, the the tone of the movie, it's like, am I supposed to believe any of this is true, or is this a fantasy? Because they have grades that don't exist, basically a zero point, whatever. Zero point zero. Well, yeah. you got all Fs. That's what that is. So by um, John Belushi was the one with the zero point zero, right. of course, because I think he might need help. I think he might be severely developmentally disabled or just real drunk and high all the time. So confusing. So they take the uh, one of the plot points of the movie that gets recycled by uh, John Landis and the Blues Brothers or got, gets recycled in this kind of film. I guess the Blues Brothers, was it Landis or was it Reitman? Anyhow, was that there's a really fancy car that gets wrecked. That's yeah. Flounder's brother's So Flounder's cousin's, cousin's car, car, and then he's supposed to return it on Sunday or whatever, and they end up destroying it on this date, on the date. and then through So they wind up having a scene which was repeated weekly on the A-Team, which is they build the car into some sort of tank, yes. and they crash uh, a local parade with it. Yeah, so the last thing that they do, the Deltas are about to just give up and whatever, and uh, Bluto rallies them with an impassioned, if historically inaccurate speech. That was one of the best lines of the movie. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. <laughs> right, so... I mean, no, it wasn't. That That's true. <laughs> you really understand his 0.0 grade. Um, oh, and that's the other thing. Wormer expelled all of them and notified their local draft, draft boards. Board, right. He straight up wants these kids killed. Right. Like, that's fucked up. <laughs> that was my... I was just like, oh, fuck this movie. Fuck this dude. Right. <laughs> now, Dean Warmer has set... has paid off the mayor to have a parade. I guess it's like a homecoming parade. Even I, though it feels like the end of the year. I grew up uh, in the big city. These things, I... I have no idea what it means. Yeah, so they're going to have a parade, and the dean is, there's like this weird extortion scene with the mayor and the dean, Mm -hmm. and the dean wants to use the town for the parade, like you do, because that's where parades go, and so he is basically extorted by the mayor and has to pay for it, and then, but he's like, you need to keep everything under wraps, and everything needs to go well, and I'm just like, this is a weird... This is weird. <laughs> like, n- no conversation like this has ever happened in the history of the world, and I don't know why we're watching it. And uh, so the Deltas decide, we're going to fuck this parade up. And they build, they turn his car, which is already, like, fucking destroyed, right. into a tank surrounded by cake. It's got a, it's a cake parade, or cake float. It looks like a float, and it's a layer cake, and it says, eat me on the side of it. Because, of course, it does. Well, that scene, and this is something I told you about. Landis, before, has a very eccentric career. Um, He started as a gopher working on Hollywood films shot abroad. And that's where he met people like Donald Sutherland and people who figured, like, in 70s movies that were established actors who just show up, um, at one point, he did the movie Red Scent, one of, one of my favorite weird genre-bending movies with Charles Bronson and Toshiro Mofuni, playing a cowboy and a samurai who team up on an adventure. And he gets killed by Toshiro Mofuni, his job. Was, and so, John Landis... Uh, John, John Landis? Landis? Yeah. Okay. So, John Landis tends to stick 
like these big stunt-filled climaxes at the end of his films, even one that doesn't seem to be appropriate at all to the movie, like we're watching this now. But uh, but yeah, the problem is again tone. There's one scene where someone captures a baton and leads a marching band into an alley, and they just run against a wall blindly because. Yeah, just because. Way. And I'm like, is this a cartoon now? Right, and that's what it feels like. You're watching a live-action cartoon, and, you know, Little is swinging uh, on cables across rooms like a pirate. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, and there's some funny sight gags. The, uh, there's two giant hands, paper mache hands that are stuck together in friendship, one black, one white. Yeah. About unity, and they accidentally divide them in half, so the two hands are going in opposite directions. Mm. Um... Kevin Bacon gets to overact. Kevin Bacon is a weird... Okay, so Kevin Bacon clearly was not Kevin Bacon when this movie was made. This right. is his first thing ever. Mm-hmm. But everybody tells me that it's his first thing ever, so I expected him to be in the movie. Right. He's got, what, one line? He I... He's at the beginning at the Omega um, Rush, uh, and his job is basically to sneer at the losers. Right. Then he's, like, at random things where the Omegas are trying to take the Deltas down as, like, second chair. But he doesn't say shit. He's out, a, he's out with the Omegas at one point at a diner. He doesn't say anything. He's at the court. He doesn't say anything. And then he's in this scene. And that's it's so weird because I'm just like, I mean, I guess. I tell people that Johnny Depp is in Nightmare on Elm Street. He doesn't come to a great end of that, so... I, I guess the first movie is the first movie, but right. I really expected, and I guess they don't know who he well, is, Kevin so Bacon's it's like real big movie was Friday the Thirteenth, where he didn't come to a better end. Yeah, either. Sure. So it's, oh, it's it's his it's his right. nightmare. His job was just to be a creep and to be killed. Um, yeah, or, or or trampled or run over, and, and a lot of the the fates, that's the other thing the the cartoon violence. Yeah, when you do it with live action people, you become aware of the fact these people are like, horribly oh, hurt or suffering. <laughs> And They'd definitely be dead. It, it becomes less funny when you're going, oh, that, that, that man's probably dead. What happened yeah. there? Or paralyzed. Right. Not better. I mean, better, but not great. Yeah. And then that's the end. As as we freeze frame on mm-hmm. the what's happening to these various ridiculous characters, we forward to the end. Which is a real trope in the 70s, yeah. Which I actually like. I kind of wish every movie would do that. But I like... Uh, I like knowing what happens to our characters after mm-hmm. we're done looking at them, especially if it's something I like. But yeah. So, did you could you say that you liked this movie? Uh, I like the music in this movie. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't like this movie. I can't see that. I, I liked really. It. it made me feel pretty shitty because there was just a lot of other shaming. Right. You're fat. Fuck you. You're a nerd. Fuck you. You're this, that, the other. Fuck you. And I'm just like, I don't like any of it. I'm all of these things. <laughs> like You're it. smart. That's the other one. Um, yeah, they didn't. It just although really... smart doesn't seem to be a really big deal in this movie. You know, the the smartest guy in the movie is a professor who gets ignored, although he does sleep with his, his students. So Maybe he's... we don't know that. You don't have to necessarily be smart to be a college professor. No offense, to college professors. No, but no. you have colleagues that you don't think are smart. I know you do. <laughs> I've dated one. No, she wasn't. <laughs> There's also smart v. intelligent. There's also right. smart v. I have smoked so much weed, I cannot even function. I was 
high when we watched this movie. Uh, it was the appropriate did, frame of mind. I know, that's why I did it. Did I laugh? Yes, you did. Did I? Yeah. Where? Sometimes. You laughed at... I don't okay, recall. Nothing stuck with me. No, I was legitimately asking this you. Is, this is something that we've discussed in another context. When I showed you your first Bruce Lee movie. Yeah. you'd never seen it. And you understood, you began to understand the Bruce Lee mystique, which was, you're always watching him doing something. Right, right, right. Because he looks like he's a live wire. Right. You don't take your eyes and off of a live wire. He's going to explode, and so you just can't take, and there are actors who are really good at that. And I feel a great deal of pity, it's a great pity, rather, that John Belushi, who you are watching every scene that he's Yeah, he's, he's in, very good, he's like even a, though I hated uh, that character, because right. like I said, I'm like... I don't know what I'm supposed to be taking mm-hmm. away from this character. Right. Because the other thing, like, he's the sergeant in arms, so he assigns all of the nicknames. Right. I don't know. It's a, And I think the movie, for me, suffers because I have seen this done more recently. Right. And it's funny the first two times you see it, but maybe the third time you see it, not so much. Now, I've seen National Lampoon movies. I've seen Van Wilder, mm-hmm. which you won't watch because it has a Ryan Reynolds that you will want to punch in the right. face. Oh, I promise. It yeah. is the worst Ryan Reynolds for you. You do not want to watch it. Cal Penn's also in it, though, so maybe watch the second one where it's just him. I actually, I laugh at uh, Van Wilder. But also, Van Wilder goes way fucking further in the gross. Well, like me, was, we're going to jerk off an animal and fill donuts with the outcome. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, clearly that's not what these kids are eating, but like, mm-hmm. they show graphic. Right. I mean, it's gross. That's the 2000s, and that mm-hmm. is what we get away with. But because I've seen that movie... A lot of the gags and stuff in this felt dated or well, already done. Roger Corman, I, uh, who all of you should know, and if you don't, shame on you. Uh, I read a, an interview with He's him. He's shaming you. Don't right. let him get away with it. Uh, or rather, saw an interview with him recently where he talked about horror in movies, and he said, well... You're saying horror. horror. Not horror okay. movies. Horror yes. movies. Which is I, it, it ran a little together. Right. I just wanted to so make sure that everyone understands... What you're saying. Because Roger Corman is still working in films, and he was working in films in the 60s. He's part of that revolution with Yes. And he said, um, the trouble when you have a scene where somebody cuts off an arm is that the next time somebody does it, they want to cut off both arms. Yes. And then they want to cut off the head. Mm -hmm. And so the impact of the cutting off the arm is completely gone because everyone's pushed the boundary so much further that you can't appreciate the original at all. You can't, you know, sort of put it back in the bottle. Right. So there are shock scenes that you can do and it won't work the second or third time because somebody's trying to up you all the time whether right. or not it has the same artistic value. Yeah. Is one other thing. I'm not sure that artistic value again comes That's why it. you've got to look at it from a different right. angle or come at it from a new slant. That's the trick. That's the trick. Right. My viewing of this movie is hampered by my viewing of other Movies that push Launchy the college comedies. Because I don't watch movies like this. I know. I I'm, don't. I mean, it's not a thing that I seek out. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, what's the next sex comedy coming yeah. down the pike? I've, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. I've never seen um, Stuck on You. I haven't seen anything. Hey, look at that. We're just compiling a list of shit he's going to make me watch. No, no. no I've never I'm not watching seen, Stuck no. on You again. I saw it once and I'm not doing it I've, again. I have not seen, I think, a single Fairly Brothers movie. Because I'm like, no, I, I don't. Right. I don't. Now, have you, what is your experience with the National Lampoon specifically? I have never seen National You've never Lampoon. seen Vacation? No. You've never seen mm-hmm. Family? 
I might, Christmas might be one that we do. Because I think that, A, I think that you would like it. And uh, B, I think that it's pretty memorable. And and, and I think kind of important. I haven't seen Vacation, though, so that's a... That was one that was a real big deal when I was... Mm -hmm. um, when I was in high school, I think, and it was mostly because Christy Brinkley had this scene as a... I, oh, she was, yeah. Yeah, and she was enormous at the time. Um, a supermodel. Yeah. Was like one of the first generation of supermodels, yeah. and she plays a woman who's trying to seduce Chevy Chase. Yeah. Which... And, what are you... Yeah, what? Well, only in the movies, I guess. That's well, just, movies written by who? Harold right. Ramis. What does Harold Ramis look like? Right, and that's, that's kind of... Um, <laughs> And that's the sort of sense that I get from this. And movie I feel too. like Harold Ramis, like a, like a Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. There's one that's me, right? Right. That, so you just go, which character? Alan Tudyk. That's the Joss Whedon character. Right. Nicholas Brendan. That's the Joss Whedon right. character. So you have no. I have no context for these movies or what they're supposed to do or what they've contributed. I don't know. <laughs> What what it's meant to you know, right? I don't understand that kind of humor because it does. It feels very much like the kind of humor that gets left behind when you're seventeen. Yeah, and I wonder if a you're lot too, of you're already this too mature for it then. Kind of because they're still mm. making National Lampoon things, but they're almost all digital release, mm-hmm. or you know, they're not. Releasing to theaters. I think Van Wilder was probably the last thing that was released to a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was years ago. But is that even a, a stigma anymore? No, not necessarily. I but mean, there are so many it might mean now. that you don't know that right. there's a thing. I just, I've, I've lost the ability to follow who's a celebrity anymore. Yeah, Van National Lampoon's Van Wilder is, uh, was from 2002. Uh-huh. So European Vacation. Was eighty five, Christmas Vacation was eighty nine, Original Vacation was eighty three, and I saw Christmas in my Spanish class in high school. Our teacher was going through what now I'm going to guess is a divorce, and just didn't have it. She just didn't have it to teach us, so we just watched that. Not even like in Spanish with subtitles or anything. Just <laughs> we just watched That's that. That's a movie. weird choice. It's it was odd. So, um, but it looks like most of the movies now are being released. There was that, a new uh, vacation that came out, actually. That So that must be the most recent one. Mm. That was Ed Helms playing the son of um, Chevy Chase's Chevy character. Chase's character. Oh, yeah. Does that work out chronologically? I hope I to mean, God not. Yeah, kind of. Oh, God. Well, if he was... 10 in 83. No, 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 don't explain it to me. It does, and I'm just old. You have teenage kids. Yes. Or a teenage child. So, yeah, the yeah. math works out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you need to really... Yeah. You're only getting older as you complain about it, so... Yeah, but there's... So there's a history of these National Lampoon movies. But I think... I feel like uh, a lot of these... Types of comedies have been taken over by the um, the satire, that mm-hmm. the, the heavy-handed satire of right. scary movie, epic movie, too over the top for me. But I also feel that they're very pop culture, and I will miss half yeah, of Yeah, a lot on. of it. I mean, well, they're like 89% reference, uh-huh. maybe more. So yeah, if I haven't seen all of these films, yeah. I won't know. Now, mind you, uh, <laughs> it's like 
having somebody else, I remember reading an article when The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the film, was yes. put out, as opposed to the graphic novel, which I own and like. Um, but when the film was put out, there was an English professor who said, you know, we can do a whole semester just citing books from this film. And one reviewer went on to say, well, nobody's read all those books. And I'm like, I, I Some have. people have. So if you were doing those references, I would get it. You're a movie reviewer who only watches movies. How about you right. stay in your lane right. <laughs> and don't talk about don't what other people, other people may or may not have read. read. But yeah, that was one where I said, I, you know, I was watching that. I was like, I get that one. Oh, I get that one. Oh, that was great. Call me Ishmael. I was... I thought it was hysterical, you know. What movie was this again? This is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where you know, there's all these sort of goofy side uh, yeah. characters that. For... Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, but that was that's my version of the epic movie franchise. Yeah. Oh, look, look, there's a reference that I get, and you know, if I tried to sit. Oh, and... that movie put Sean Connery out of. Yes, Hollywood. he's just like I'm no longer doing this anymore. I don't understand what movies are about. I'm retiring. I'm done. Yeah. Which is a pity because it's not. I think that. And I don't know uh, that that's public, but I think that they've uh, inklings of it. I think he was also he may be suffering from some dementia, so he um, it wasn't just confusing ass Hollywood. It was uh, also just which, the state of his which brain. Which is a great pity because one of the funnier skits for years on Saturday Night Live was Sean Connery's dementia, believing that he was James Bond, yeah, and uh, insulting oh, no. Alex Trebek. Oh well, those are. Those Jeopardy things that are hysterical, and it's hard now knowing that, not laughing at when he's yeah. To that Alex, might be my favorite. My favorite kind of Will Ferrell <laughs> media right. is those. Right. I mean, I remember seeing them in college and thinking they were hysterical, and they fucking hold up now. Well, they do. It's crazy. <laughs> they do. There's um, yeah, but in particular, and the, sometimes you'll just be fucking right. doing work or whatever, and you'll just be like. Anal bum cover. <laughs> I'm being haunted by <laughs> by not Sean Connery. Who was who I don't played remember. him? I know that Jerry Lewis was Martin Short, and Norm Macdonald was Burt Reynolds. Yes, genius. <laughs> Which was a great piece of casting. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Duchovny did a gold bloom that was. Right. <laughs> so good. But whoever was doing the Sean Connery, that was the whole gist of it. He's like, he has dementia, and he thinks he's James Bond. See, I didn't get that. And so he's like telling it, Alex, we meet again. And he's like mugging the whole thing. You know? I don't think and I've seen the Jerry Lewis one, but maybe I have. Really insulting <laughs> to, to, to Alex Trebek. And... Daryl Hammond did the, oh, okay, uh, yeah. did the Sean Connery. So it just knowing that he's suffering from that problem in actual life just makes that not yeah. funny anymore. I didn't even think about that piece of but it. I don't believe that was so, the issue when they did the skits. Like that was not a concern. It you just now seems right. like that, where you're just like now it's kind of horrible when when, when you learn. But yeah, Sean Connery, the penis mightier. <laughs> 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 just like what? that's oh, just right. A number and like yeah, <laughs> Will Ferrell's Trebek is very good. I find Alex Trebek to be Pompous. a stuffy nightmare. Right. Of course, you know the word, the answers, you dick. <laughs> They're on that paper in front of you. If you could not start your telling me what I got wrong with, of course, that'd be great. <laughs> right. I, I, oh, I'm sure you meant this. Motherfucker, fuck you. I meant what the hell I said, and clearly I was wrong. Let's move on. Yeah, I I did 
Oh, God, yeah. I hope he's okay. He's actually had some health problems, and now I feel a little bit bad. I've watched a lot of Jeopardy. I want to be on Jeopardy. I wanted to be on Jeopardy in college because I would have kicked all those nerdy asses. They never knew anything about pop culture. Well, that was, yeah, they, they could only go so far. I I, uh, I would have cleaned up I on the college didn't. tournament because they always ask pop culture questions and none of those motherfuckers ever know the answers. My big thing with this movie and with others, though, is I never know what's funny. I, well, funny is a hard one because I don't know... You like more physical comedy, typically. Yeah, I, I, I which do. is weird for as intellectual as you are. Yeah. If you have some people falling over themselves, Lemuel will laugh at it. <laughs> I, I just find it terribly. But I, I know. And me, I'm yeah. like, are they okay? <laughs> like, I can't. I don't love... I, I actually wrote this on Facebook the other day. Any of the America's Funniest videos where yeah. somebody is injuring themselves... Yeah, that's horrible. That's really hard for me, and I don't find it funny. There was a slide and a catch two weeks ago in baseball where they were two dudes from the same team were running to catch a a fly foul and they I'm using Miles' term from uh, the Daily Zeitgeist straight scissored they landed cup to cup and the sound that it made and the way that they fell away from each other was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life and I was like I never laugh when people are hurt. I cannot stop laughing at this. I was showing Alex, and my son is like me. We, you know, we started watching um, Harold um, Harold Lloyd comedies, and thought he thought he was hysterical. But we were watching this compilation of martial arts fails where they're putting a solo cup on top of someone's head, and this oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, some comes up and kicks it and misses and just. Wax the hell out of this. And you're like, he definitely, she definitely did that on purpose. Because his helmet comes clean off too. That's how hard she hit him. And it was hysterically funny. Now I feel very bad for that guy who probably has a concussion. And I don't think he had a concussion because I actually think she pulled her kick. I don't think she she kicked that hard. She did take his helmet off. Yeah, but I think that might have been a a angle thing actually too. But yeah, God, thank God she didn't hit him full horse. She would have killed him. Yeah, but because some of the kicks that they were doing were full rounds, yeah, they were full and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's really hard. If yeah. somebody, if you did kick him, oh yeah, you could kill him, uh, helmet or not, you could break his neck. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, no, those were crazy. Yeah. I didn't, I don't find that funny. But I, yeah, you love just the look on his face when he realized Monty Python. Was you love oh yeah, I love Jackie uh, Mr. Chan. Bean. Mr. Bean. You and love that's what I thought was missing from. Bluto in this film, is that there was a kind of element of Mr. Bean in that a lot of the film he's inarticulate. Yes, but he's not doing that physical comedy, which we know that John Belushi had a great physical capability, Uh and he isn't using it here. In the very end when everyone's going bonkers, he kind of uses it, and there's one scene in the cafeteria um, Yes, the the cafeteria scene, oh, I laughed at that scene, I definitely did. The cafeteria scene where he got to see a lot of his humor. And again, it just sort of belies he's, like you mentioned Chris Farley, or in a different direction, someone like Samuel Hung, who's a big guy who's just really light on their feet. Yeah. 
uh, Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James can move list. better than you'd think he'd be able yeah. to. And that's kind of one of those things finding these guys. There's a girl just, who literally tried uh, to do yoga yesterday and could not kneel on the floor. Well, that's uh, kneeling is a hard one. It hurt my knee so I bad. Know. That's why people don't like doing it. It sucked. Real. It was not good. I'll let you use my sandbag next time. Okay. But anyhow. <laughs> No, so I, I'd have to say I like bits and pieces of this movie. I like there's some stars who are likable. I'm glad I've seen it. And Karen I can be Allen like, oh, really I get likeable. it. She was lovely and likable. And I kind of liked But just I mean I like the actors more than I like the characters. Yeah, that I like Tim right. Matheson more than because I like the characters. Because none of the characters. characters were I mean I didn't know Boone and Otter's name until okay, now. Go. And that tells you how important character development was in this It film. wasn't. Right. It was white dude, white dude, white dude, white dude, white dude, fat white dude. Right. Ta-da! Oh, and scary black guys. They weren't scary. Well, they were scary to them. Okay. But yeah, the... Yeah. I'm like, y'all are still heads of fucking fraternities. Right. There's nothing... It's not like this was the honor society. Right. These are fucking entitled, spoiled, white dude, rich white dudes. Yeah, and now half of them are going to go off into the army and maybe be killed. So right. that's hilarious. Fuck was, you, Dean Wormer. God damn. Very, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. I realize it's... Vernon Wormer. I did like his name. <laughs> it's culturally significant is what I'm told. It is. Um, I'm glad that I've seen it. Right. I don't ever feel the need to see it again. Yeah, I, I, like it did. It wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be fun, and it didn't feel well, fun. Also, to there me. was things like the house itself. The art direction was really successful. That I could actually smell that house. It, it, it was that was the also grossest. you have synesthesia and right. some OCD. But it was the, <laughs> thank you. But it was just yeah, it was gross. There was a lot of gross humor. There was a lot of vomit humor and dead horses. So it wasn't exactly my kind of yeah. Thing. I was grateful that nobody got raped and we didn't have to see the horse cut into pieces. We didn't have to see yeah no there was animal cruelty but it was all off screen yeah but just yeah I. I rich entitled white dudes that are just entitled in slightly different ways made them all kind of blend together for me. There wasn't a great deal at stake because you knew that they were all going to be okay no matter what happened. Well, I felt. I felt. I hope that none of them got fucking killed in the war because Wormer's a douchebag. That right. was not great. Well, yes, one of them does. The head of the ROTC. Niedermeyer. But he was one of the quote-unquote bad, bad guys. guys. Yes, he gets killed by his own men. That's what we That's learned right. later on. Um, Which feels right after the ROTC session yeah. that we see. Yeah. Yep. So we watched Animal House. Ta-da! Yes. Do you want to recommend something that's not Animal House? Yes, I would recommend something with animals, and that would be Jurassic <gasps> World. Fallen Kill- Kingdom, but Fallen. it is um, it is not positively rated on Rotten <clears throat> Tomatoes. Well, those people are wrong. Okay. Um, it is a really fun adventure movie. It's not what you think it is. If you saw the trailer, that's only the and first I'm half really of the glad, movie. I'm really glad that the trailer helped work. And there was only one other film I think that this successfully did it to be, which was um, Paranormal Activity 3, when they actually showed scenes in commercials that are not in the film. So yeah. it was a complete... Which, fortunately, they learned after the commercial yeah. for Paranormal Activity 1 had the last Climax scare the film, take in right. the in so trailer. You're, you're waiting so you're just to like, see it's that. happening at any right. moment. So I think that with uh, with this movie, what I, I really enjoyed it, it was a beautiful looking film. There's some moments of a 
a lot of drama. The it's the visual effects are really beautiful, and the restorations of the dinosaurs are really beautiful. But I Lemuel like, loves dinosaurs. I like these particular characters. Did I, you? I felt that they were underserved. I, felt, I enjoyed the movie, uh, but I was like, these aren't characters. Like these are not fleshed I out. I think that people. Um, Chris Pratt's character got more heroic from the last time that we saw him. Maybe. And he got more action heroy because now we're we're casting him in that mold. And Bryce Dallas Howard got a little less time than she. They really before. showed a lot of her feet, so that people wouldn't bitch that she was wearing heels in this movie. That's yeah. the only reason to do what they did. It's I so weird. Also, like how alternative some of the characters are. There's a lesbian woman. Yes, I wish that they had left her um, obvious lesbianism in the right. movie. Apparently, there was a line where she basically is like, "I don't fuck dudes, well, but she, I might fuck you." She. Uh, it's PG thirteen. She, she was, did never to Chris say that. Pat is beefcake. That's hey, right. beefcake. Come on, and then um, which is not. Sexualizing that no, is no, a, no. She's like just a like, legit. You know, I, I know why you're in this movie. Right. <laughs> like, but no, she was really cool, and I like the the two sort mm. of assistant characters. And there's the a child character. actress. I don't know what her name is, but she has one of the most expressive faces I've seen. She does. She's lovely. I I'm hoping that we gr- see more of her. That's kind of what I like about this film. There's secrets going on in the movie. There's surprises for the film. Yeah. That aren't all surrounding around the dinosaurs. There's a lot of sort of intrigues with the, the and company. characters that you've seen but not. Many right. time recently. Yeah, which and so and and also B D Wong coming back. That um, was one of them. Spoiler alert. No, no, well, he's in the trailer, so it's not like. Is he? Yeah. He oh, I didn't. I, not one. I didn't see the tra- the trailer. I, I just that love he the fact in. that that character keeps coming back, and he's not static. He's evolving. Oh, I like the idea. So, this is a little bit of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum is not in the movie very much. He's right. in the movie, but he's not in the movie very much. And I saw a meme that said something along the lines of, can we have Jeff Goldblum do um, parentheticals around every movie? Like, mm. explanatory oh. parentheticals where he comes in and is talking. Like, give us the theme, give us the moral. <laughs> I think he's gunning for Christopher Lee's title by Maybe. just doing, you know, 10 minutes. And <laughs> and he's been movies. in a lot of movies right. where he, I was like, mm, two-day shoot, two days. Yeah, It's like he just tells his... His um, his bookers, who's mm, like, agent. I want to go to various places for two mm. weeks at a time, um, but I don't want to work for more than half of that, and then just be in the place for a week. <laughs> like that's what I feel like. They're shooting where? Yeah, I'll go there. I'm not going to be on screen for longer than fifteen. Minutes. And that was Christopher Lee's thing. It's like when he was asked to go outside of England to get a job. After the part that he worked in Hollywood, he was like, "What are the golf courses like there?" Yeah, and that was totally. And then doing. he stopped doing. He stopped mm-hmm. traveling that far after the Hobbit movies right. because, well, he he was old and was like, "I don't want to die on a plane." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these flights are an hour or a day long. Took a really bad hit doing a, a film version of the Life of Rasputin where Hammer did not pay for a stunt coordinator and somebody knocked him into a, a solid parapet and it broke his hip. Right. And then oh, when so... he did The Three Musketeers later on, right. where, which was a really, I highly recommend that one, but it's a really aggressive action movie where everyone was doing their own stunts, he got hurt again. Yeah. And so by the end of his life, he's walking with a cane because he really yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that right. 23 hours in a plane, even if it's a nice plane, mm-hmm going to fucking wreak havoc on right. your hips. And so he does voice, he did a lot of voiceovers yeah. and things like that afterwards and bit parts because it's just like physically he was, and also being six foot five, 
nature yeah. didn't mean to and be that tall. And he was in his 80s. Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Like, and he was not like a sedentary person. He was no. very active. So all of that wears on We him. love you, Christopher Lee. Why yes. did you die? <laughs> well, he lived on in a way. Yup. But anyhow, um, but no, I really, I, I loved the movie. I loved all the twists and turns in it. I loved the funny bits with the dinosaurs. Um, Chris Pratt is definitely an actor with a great deal of charisma who uses it to get advantage in this is movie. Is he your favorite, Chris? I think he's probably my favorite Chris. I do like Chris Hemsworth, though. I liked watching them together in Infinity Wars, where Chris Pat is mocking... Because you're, you're a giant man <laughs> Chris with huge muscles. <laughs> which Chris Pratt is pretty ripped now, but he's never going to be... His body won't do <laughs> what Chris Hemsworth's body does. Also, Chris Evans... Pratt does not have the body that's going right. to do that. But uh, I, I kind of like all the Chris's, but he's he's actually, to me, he has a lot of, and maybe because he started out with comedy, he has great comic timing. So he does. He, he's pretty funny. He takes some yeah. scenes that would not necessarily work. I love there's a scene involving a tranquilized Tyrannosaurus where he literally has to jump through its mouth. Yeah. And like a big kid, the first thing he does is turn around to the pretty girl and go, did you see that? Did you see what I did? I still have both my legs. I'm going to tell all of my friends about that. And that was a cute moment. It was, It would have just been an action scene in another film. If Tom Cruise had done it, it wouldn't have had that kind of kid joy of, look what I just did. Yeah, so He's not allowed to have kid joy except about a possible woman in his life. Right, then it's bouncing on couches. But yes, I, I saw it, I appreciate it. The special effects were really beautifully done. And I don't generally don't like CGI, but no. there's a lot of practical effects in this film. A lot of them. As it turned out, I did some reading afterwards and found out that anytime you saw a close-up with a dinosaur, it essentially was a full-on practical life-size effect. That would breathe film. on them? Right, or when somebody has to ride a dinosaur, which happens at one point in the film. Yeah, yeah, they they're not just getting on a weird big green no, no. hump. <laughs> so yeah, I, I recommend that film. It was really really enjoyable. I liked it. It was pretty fun. Yeah. So what's your recommendation? I don't know. So, oh. Hmm. I want to recommend a thing that we've seen all the way through. So I won't recommend yeah. the one thing that I was going to recommend. I will recommend that. another Netflix thing, mm. which is the rom comedy. Oh, I knew it was coming. Set it up with Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu and two younger actors that played Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu's assistants who are playing matchmaker with their bosses so they can get their lives back. It's fun. I, I, the young lady that's uh, in it, I'm actually going to look her up real quick, because she, I don't think I have seen her before, and she was really engaging and watchable. The dude that she was paired up with was a bit dish towel mm-hmm. Zoe Deutsch. Oh, I have seen Zoe Deutsch before. Was it in relation to the Deutsch Deutsch? So the what? Howard Deutsch and... The Deutsch family. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The way that you said that was... Um, younger sister of Madeline, daughter of actress Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch. Yes. There we go. There you go. Oh, Leah Thompson's her mom? Yeah, this all fits. Yeah, that's where the looks come from, probably. So I don't... I'm just looking at her filmography to see what I might have seen her in. Um, oh, I saw Vampire Academy. So maybe that... Vampire don't, Academy, that Don't sounds... judge me. Uh-uh. I... Don't do it. Well, and she was in the Sweet Life show, which is a terrifying thing. But she, So she's been in a couple of things that I've seen 
parts of. Uh, but she's extru- like she's electric on screen. She's mm. very, very fun to watch. It's not surprising, of course, with the right. pedigree that she, turns out that she has. Uh, but she's very fun in this. And the writing f- specifically for the women in this is very good. Um, so I, like I know rom coms are much. not a thing that you don't. I do. And I might watch one. I, I, I do. I watch one every you t- It turns out you do like them when you watch them, but I think the idea of them makes you go, ugh. Well, because I don't, you know, there are no dinosaurs, there's no kung fu fights, there's none of the things that make a movie a real movie. You like Dancing Girls, and there are and sometimes Dancing Girls. Okay, there girls. we go. You do like Dancing Girls. But I think, because, like, I liked Working Girl. Yeah. I think to me that's a standard for, because it, there's so much else going on where you, Yeah. No, and I, and I understand that. I don't like the, well, they will, they won't, won't they fall in love? It's that, that to me is kind of. That's what everything is. Yeah, but when you have more going every on. every story with boys and girls, and girls and girls, and boys and boys. <gasps> oh no, everything's confusing now. Anybody could love anybody. What would we do? <laughs> I like Lucy Liu a lot. And yes. then she's actually really, the fact that she can go from comedy to drama to action movies. And I thought she did a really good job with, was it Josh Hartnett? Lucky number 11. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they had a lot of chemistry and they just kind of popped together. And you could see that in that movie, which is an action movie, that she could carry off a romantic comedy part. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm glad that... She is really great. And Tay Diggs is fun. Tay Diggs is easy. Right. Tay Diggs does this in his sleep. So, like I said, the dudes are less interesting Mm -hmm. than the women in this particular movie, which doesn't really surprise me given the... um, who they're trying to get to watch it um, yeah. or who they think will. Director Claire Scanlon, writer Katie Silverman. Okay, so, so that's the reason why. Yeah. Uh, and it's not so bad because men have been underwriting women for decades. For instance, Yeah, and it's not Animal even that House. they're underwritten. <laughs> right. But they are this thing in specifically like Tay Dix isn't underwritten and but his assistant might be, mm-hmm. but might just be that character is just a bit of a drip, which is right. fine. That is a, you know, type of person. I I never understand that though with romantic comedies. Oh, that person's a drip, but she'll wind up with them, and I'm like, why? Maybe he'll they stop being so a drip. Better. No, I know these two. If they end up together in the movie, they won't stay together long term. <laughs> They're unevenly matched. Uh but. The it's pretty fun. I mean, it's just fun. It's a fun movie. I watched it on a Friday night. I ate ice cream. I had a brownie. I watched a rom com. It was great. So that's it. I think is that it. Yes, I think that's it. Um, we wish you a happy Independence Day. May this country become what it has the capability of to become after it heals from the hurt that it is going through right now. Um, because I feel like the only possible way to celebrate 4th of July this year is by actually just watching all of the Purge movies, because what the fuck is going on out well, there? I think, although I cannot um, across the board recommend the Purge movies, for those of you who can stomach them, they're actually They're getting satirical. better, and I'm looking forward to this last one. The first film was a, a straight-out horror film with sort of satirical overtones. The movies are getting more astute as they go on. 
to the point where I want to recommend it, but it's like... But, like, too close? Too close. Right. Maybe it's a little too close, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, so this year they're doing another one. comes mm. out as of the airing of this yesterday. And they're, they're so. actually becoming... They're, they are... Um, there's a lot of cultural momentum behind them now. Yes. Especially because of climate. But Because I remember the first film, I believe we saw it in the theater, and it was about half-packed. I think we saw it... Oh, was it that one or the one after we, it that we ones, got a free pass for? Yeah, and then just a few films later in the series, well, there's only we four. went with friends. Well, there's four, yeah, but I think the most recent one okay. that was after the election, and it was a packed house. like people. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just needed to sort of get out of their system. And every film, I've just seen the audience for this grow because yeah. it has and they're And like I said, they are getting better and mm-hmm. more interesting. The world is growing. That's what they're doing. They're right. showing bigger pieces of the world, which is great. Because when I watched the first one, I was like, well, that movie was fine. I want to see every other day that's not the purge in this country. Where the f- How did we right. get here? Which and then this episode film. will be, or this this episode, this or ish. Right. I call it episode, but this sequel is mm. the first one. Right. And it's all Marissa Tomei's fault, it turns out. Mm. So much can be blamed on Marissa Tomei. Yep. So, uh... Apparently the failure of the first season of A Different World. She I'm just, gonna take that out, because what are you talking about? Just, she was in the first season of A Different World. She was my favorite character there. And then... I thought got, Denise was supposed to be your favorite character. Well, Denise you was supposed to be your wrong. favorite character. And then somebody <laughs> else was. And so they just threw her out. And they threw Denise out. And then it became about everyone else. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this is well, about. Well, the Connors is going to be a thing, so... Yeah, there we go. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week. Next mm. week, we are watching a film that I've never seen and you have never seen. Right. I'm going to say it every episode, even though that's pretty much always true, because that's what we're doing here. A fish called Wanda. 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 Mm-hmm. Wanda. Which is a fun word to say. Wanda. Wanda forever. Wanda. Yeah, that's not right. That's different. Okay. So we're going to watch that next week. Now, warning. It's a com- comedy. Trigger warning. Animals are not actually hurt, but the plot revolves around animals being killed. Oh, jeez. That's two movies in a row. Yes, well. Oh, and then we're going to watch Saving Private Ryan, where an animal's definitely going to eat it. Mm. Does the animal get Joe, killed? I've got to think there's going to be a horse or something that's going to get bombed. I don't know. I, I haven't know. seen the I movie. I haven't seen it in Steven Spielberg movies, really. But, oh, um, War Horse. War, oh, that's a, that's a horse getting <laughs> Well, I don't think it dies. I think it makes it. Well, I think it that's the whole it's thing. It's just running through the, the battlefield. Uh, I don't know. Why didn't they just put Private Ryan on that horse? I don't think he was fighting in the same war. Maybe uh, he was, though. Was oh, it the shit. first or the second? I can't tell. I don't know. Anyways, for next week, uh-huh. uh, apparently some fish are in trouble. Yes. So, sorry, Nemo. I, I, I don't know more about this film. I just know that apparently it's very funny. Comedy. Yes. Which is going to be fun to watch different kinds of comedy. This one yeah. didn't kind of do it for me. And this is a very it. different kind of movie right. than the Animal House is. So, all right. So that's it this week. Uh, if you want to tell us anything or ask us anything or suggest a thing, we are on Twitter at LatecomersPod. And we are at Gmail at LatecomersPod at gmail.com. And Lemuel's book is at Ceiling Night. It is Ceiling Nights at Amazon. 
that's the only way to buy it. So if you don't like Amazon right now, I feel you, and we're sorry, but we're capitalist monkeys over here. And I think that's everything. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Tune in next week, and remember, better Better late late than than never. never. Mm-hmm.